Welcome to the Enterprise Monkey Show. You're with your host, Brandon Burns and Amir Katub. Just at the top of this, we'd like to take the opportunity to welcome everyone who's listening out there and watching. And also, don't forget that if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to get in touch with us, email at office at enterprisemonkey.com.au. So another amazing episode coming up now with a special guest. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back, everyone, to the Enterprise Monkey Show with Brandon Burns and Amir Katab. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, mate. Thanks for asking. <laughs> so it's great to have you back on another episode, guys. For those of you listening on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, tune in. And also those of you watching on YouTube, it's great to have you. We hope you're enjoying the content so far. These resources obviously are being designed to help entrepreneurs, startups, and people embarking upon their app journey to understand everything that's that's required at the beginning to get this right and to have the best experience possible. So, Amir, I'm looking forward to this episode. Amir's got a lot to offer on this. I'm going to throw to him. I'm just going to introduce the topic and let you all know what we're going to discuss today. And that is, how do I avoid having a bad experience with an app developer or an app development company? So some of you may or may not have heard of others, friends, colleagues, other business people having a not so great experience with an app development company. And this this could have been caused from either themselves or the app development company themselves. But what we thought we'd do is offer a really transparent view on how you, the customer, which is our client, the most important person, can avoid these easy-to-avoid problems and have a positive experience when executing your app so that you can get on with the most important stuff, which is marketing, growing, and scaling your business to world domination. So I'm going to throw to Amir here and he's just going to talk to you about the key things to avoid, steps to take and things you can do to easily safeguard yourself when building your app. Amir, over to you. Thanks, Brandon. So Brandon, I have been on both sides of the equation. So I have actually hired app developers and have had bad experience. But also when I started developing applications initially as a freelancer like seven, eight years ago, I had some of the clients who had bad experience with me as well, whereas I was inputting all the efforts and energy into it, but Mm -hmm. still my clients were not having good experience. So I went on to a a journey and introspection and and did a lot of research, worked with a lot of mentors to identify what went wrong. And now I I can understand working in in this industry for past eight years that it requires a lot of efforts from both you as a developer, for, but from a, even from a client's perspective to actually uh, get an app developed smoothly. So it's mm-hmm. not just about go and hire a developer, ask them to develop something and, you know, they'll, they'll come up with something amazing. It doesn't Okay, work. so that's a really good point. So the process is collaborative. It's important that everyone understands their responsibilities and their role. Absolutely. And it's something that needs to be, I would I, I would assume, and I, I do agree with this point, it needs to be transparent. Because obviously, we, we as an app development company know how to build and develop apps. But we're heading on a journey with you and your business is unique, your industry is unique, and your product, in some instances, is new to market. It's never been done before. That's right. So we're heading down a path you know, together in a sense, we need to be collaborative given that things will change. That's right. So talk to me about the basics that you can do to ensure that you, you know, protect yourself yep. and make sure that you're putting yourself in the best position to get your app developed properly. Absolutely. So I'll talk about 
the three phases. The first phase is when you are thinking of hiring an app developer. Second is when you go about hiring an app developer. And third is once you have an app developer hired. So let's talk about when you are even thinking about getting an app developed. There are a few things that you need to put in place even before you start seeking developers. One of them is pretty important from the legal perspective is the non-disclosure agreement or a confidentiality agreement that helps you protect your idea uh, uh, from someone taking it away. So before you disclose your idea to someone and even an app development company, you need to make sure that you have that confidentiality agreement developed and, and signed by both the parties. So is this commonly referred to and known as an NDA, a non-disclosure yes. agreement? Yeah. Okay. And for the record, we sign these probably nearly twice a day when we deal with prospects and leads because it's important to respect the entrepreneur and the idea at hand. Absolutely. But it's also to show and set an example that we we respect people's ideas and the protection surrounding that. Yep, definitely. And obviously, look, you know, a lot of work's gone into your idea. Right. And developing as an app might be the third or fourth step. So you've actually done quite a bit of work prior to this to understand that you're product is going to be viable so protecting yourself with a simple nda is a real easy way to give yourself that peace of mind yes and then you can have a proper discussion with someone like us right and to help our clients what we have done is we have actually developed a template for a non-disclosure agreement and we actually provide it as a sort of a free service for our clients where we provide them the nda so that they don't need to hire a lawyer and sort of uh, get the whole NDA developed. But, you know, uh, if you are looking for a non-disclosure agreement, I would probably advise you if and like if you are not in touch with us, I would probably advise you to actually get it developed from a legal professional or yes. do not just rely on the, the templates that's that's available in the market because they yep. might miss a clause or two and that might cause a huge problem once you have like a million dollar startup and you know, yes. everything might just yep. fell apart. Good problem to have. Absolutely. But yeah. an important step nonetheless. Yeah. Okay, so a simple NDA, confidentiality agreement ensures the conversations you have with us and other parties is all sweet and, uh, and yeah. locked down. Absolutely. All right, what else can you do to avoid this terrible experience with an app developer right a second most important thing is an ip agreement which is extremely important and i've seen a lot of startups getting uh, really messed up with that so what happens is when you are hiring a developer to develop a piece of code for you you need to ensure that they are transferring the intellectual property of the whole code to you which means there are no hidden licenses in that code so that because once you are you will develop a startup and you'll try to get investors on board or, or you'll try to sell it or you'll try to ipo it and if there is this component of developers intellectual property inside that code or developers license inside that code code that's going to cause a huge amount of problem okay yeah so most most people listening and watching some may some may not understand that but I'm going to give you my understanding, Amir, yeah. please correct me if I'm wrong. But let's say we embark upon the journey of getting an app developed. Obviously, there's technical people such as staff at our business who are coding and developing that app. Right. Now, that code is owned by? The client. The client. In our case. However, some development companies may be unclear and may also uh, refer to the code belonging to them and not the client. Is that right? Most of the development companies keep it in grey zone and when the once 
the things are developed, the payment is done and everything, and that they are questioned regarding IP. Okay. So it's important that yes. you have, what what's the document called? An I- IP agreement, which IP is intellectual agreement. property agreement. Okay. And that's yes. something that, yeah, we can, we will share a link to a, to a great template that, that explains that. Absolutely. But that ensures that you own the code. Yeah. Ongoing. And let's say, for example, that you do fall out with your developer or your company, heaven forbid, but it does happen. We have many clients that come to us who have had this experience. And the first thing they mention to us is, we want to ensure that we own the code moving forward right? because, you know, we've had to do it all again because we missed that step. Absolutely. Okay, so that's important. So make sure you own your code, your intellectual property because it is your product and it's it's your IP. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, what's the next thing you can do to avoid this bad experience? I think now you sort of move on to hiring an app developer, but before you are going to the market seeking an app developer or seeking codes, what you need to do is you need to understand what you are asking for. So it's not enough to say that I want an Uber-like app or I want a Netflix-like app or even not (laughs) enough to say... I want another Facebook. Yeah. Sure, we can do that for you. Absolutely. (laughs) But it's really important to have your scope defined at the right level because otherwise the quotes that you are going to get from your developer would be different and that's what happens to a lot of startups they are seeking for quotes and they get a, a huge difference in the code for the same piece of thing because every developer interprets it differently okay so we do have another episode coming soon that's going to talk about how much does it cost to build an app, which is a very loaded question. However, what you're saying is if you want to ensure a customized and an accurate quote for what you're actually asking for, take the time to work with a provider or perhaps even on your own to scope the exact requirements your app needs. So, for example, what features does your app require? Do you need the app to make use of the phone, um, the, the camera on your phone? Do you need the app to access GPS um, features based upon the maps in your phone? Do you need uh, the app to be able to uh, work offline as well as online? Um, So all these things. And look, we prompt our clients to understand these because they contribute to the cost. But for people, it's understanding the scope of exactly what's re- what's required. And then that'll also give you the ability to be able to see listed out, itemized, Absolutely. all the features so that you can maybe remove a couple right. to make your quote and your proposal more feasible. Definitely. So okay. we have a lot of people calling us and asking for like quotes on the phone or yes, even in, in the first meeting or the second meeting. So how much roundabout would that cost? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get that question every day. I know. And, <laughs> and, and a lot of... Development companies do actually provide code on the first call or even the first meeting, but we have we have stopped doing that because yep. there are huge chances. There are like ninety eight percent chances that the code that you are going to get is going to be wrong. Yep. So either you you are going to be coded high, which is not good, or you are going to be coded low, which is like not good at all. Because well, not neither's good. But yeah. the, the first, if you're quoted too high, you're obviously going to walk away from that business thinking they're too expensive or being disheartened thinking, I, I can't execute my amazing idea because I just can't afford it. The latter being too cheap, all that's going to do is put the provider, us, in the position where we're going to have to deliver you something where we, we almost can't do it at a feasible rate and potentially it may compromise your experience because we're going to have to come back to you halfway through the process and say, look, 
unfortunately to complete and deliver this project it's going to cost xyz because we didn't account for these additional items that weren't in the scope right so an important uh, note to, to mention there from my experience would be to ensure you don't have a bad experience, work with your developer or company on a milestone program. Absolutely. So let's say you've agreed on 10 features for yeah. your app and you want to make sure that they're executed in a timely manner but in a staged manner yeah. so that as a milestone's achieved and this feature's achieved, you release payment. Absolutely. And then so the journey just takes its path yeah. and you feel empowered and in control in the process That's right. when you're getting it built. Yeah. I agree. I don't think... Um, if you're speaking with someone, unless you're asking for an app that's similar to an existing app that's on the market, it's going to be very difficult for a provider like us to be able to give you an accurate price yep. over the phone or at the first meeting. Right. I'm not trying to scare anyone out there, but I would caution to um, proceeding with someone who's very willing and easy to give you a price up front because it's important, especially when it comes to an application, to understand the needs but also to be challenged by a provider to understand what you may think is important to you and your app may not be what's important to the market or what's going to make your app Absolutely. work. Absolutely, yep. And there isn't... So scope document doesn't need to be a, a very technical document or doesn't need to be written by a business analyst. You as the, the, the startup founder or you as the person with an idea can actually write the scope document and the format that we refer to and has been used by a lot of progressive companies is called user stories. So user stories is a very easy and simple way of writing the scope from the user's perspective, not the developer's perspective. And we actually use user stories to guide the development of the whole application in our organization. Okay, so for those listening and watching, what does a user story look like? So a user story is a very simple way, uh, which has got a specific template. And the template is as a dash, I want to be able to do dash so that, for example, if I am developing an Uber-like application, I've got uh, a driver, a person who is hiring the cab. So these are two different users. So yes. as I will, if I'm writing a user story for the driver, the user story for the driver would be as a driver, I want to be able to, and then that's another dash, and that can be about a feature saying, I want to be able to uh, click on accept job so that I can go and pick up the, the person or, or so that I can earn, earn money or whatever it is. Yep. So putting out all the features like this as a, as a customer, I want to be able to look at all the, the cabs that are near me. As a customer, I, wa I want to be able to uh, add my credit card. As a customer, I want to be able to reset my password. Gotcha. So it's, it's all about writing it from a user's perspective as in how a user is going to use that application because okay, it gives an, an understanding yes. to the developer on what he's going to develop and how is it going to, uh, right. to actually serve the user. Okay, so outline the process and the journey for all the different users of the app. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. I've got a user stories template on our website and we'll share a link of that yeah, in fantastic. our podcast as well. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So having user stories built into your scope helps avoid a bad experience. What about, and this is from the perspective of a client who may not be that well versed when it comes to graphic design. What about embarking upon the process of wireframing or mocking up? Right. Is that a useful process to go through 
as a client before you proceed with a company like us? Absolutely. So though there are few different ways we uh, work or we start working on a minimum viable product or an app idea. The first step, even if you are doing a full app for you, is the first step is to actually do the user stories. So we do a workshop with you where we uh, work and develop user stories for you. The next step is to develop the wireframes. Wireframes is basically a sketch of how the application is going to feel like. And then the next step is to develop prototypes. So prototypes is the actual design or the UI user interface of, of the app, which you can actually have in your phone and play with to see how the application is going to look and interact like so development of those wireframes and prototypes is actually the next step in our app development process but what we also do is we also provide it as a separate service for someone to be able to just have the workshop with us to have the user stories ready or just to have that do that exercise through us and have the wireframes and mock-ups ready so that he can then source uh, an app developer Perfect. Awesome. Okay. So finally, are there any other things to consider to avoid having a bad experience with your app development company? Yep. So before you are hiring an app development company, there is there are a set of questions that you need to ask. Ask them about their, their experience, the previous experience in developing application, but most importantly about their process, because if they do not have the right process, and I'll tell you from my experience, I was an amazing app developer eight years ago. I was one of the smartest kid on the block. But because I didn't have my processes right, I was having issues around project delays and, and, and scope creep and things like that. And the, the reason we are able to work pretty well and grow so fast at, with Enterprise Monkey is that we spent like three years firming up our processes and developing processes so there are, there are no issues in the delivery of the application. So I think that's pretty important. Okay, so feel free to ask the company you're considering, what's your process? That's right. Um, we'll be sharing a podcast and a vodcast on our process shortly, so stay tuned for that because it's um, a great transparent view of how you as a client can go on the journey from beginning to completion. Absolutely. And, and I would support ongoing. Yeah, so. And I would recommend if you're going with any app developer to, to look at that podcast and use our process as a benchmark yep. to even guide your developer to follow that process because that, uh, like... If you do not have the correct process and no matter you have got even have the right developer, right budget and everything, your app is not going to work properly. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, I think that's about enough for today's episode. I hope we've shared with you some uh, really quick, easy things to avoid when uh, embarking upon your experience developing your app. Um, thanks so much for your time, everyone. It's Brandon and Amir from Enterprise Monkey and we'll see you all on the next episode. Sayonara. <laughs> Bye. And thanks for joining us for another amazing episode on the Enterprise Monkey Show with Brandon Burns and Amir Katub. Until next week, guys, we hope you've enjoyed. And if you want to get in touch, you can visit us on social media, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can reach out to us with some of your amazing content ideas or perhaps a special guest, may even be yourself that wishes to appear on the show. You can reach out to us at office at enterprisemonkey.com.au. Don't forget to rate and review us on the iTunes Store, Spotify and Stitcher and we'll see you all on the next episode.